everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host, and with me is Cliff DeCamp. The American Constitutionalist's main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalist are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America, they're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation and history proves it. Yet even though we were built on the Christian principles of the Bible as a Judeo-Christian nation, our founding fathers and framers of our constitution still left you with the freedom of choice in religion. Now, Cliff, before we get into the meat of the podcast, I just want to touch lightly on a recap on some things we've talked about the last couple podcasts. Russian troops are continuing to assemble on the Ukrainian border, and the question is, will they invade? Um, I said I don't think that they would invade until after the Olympics, because the Olympics are in China, and Putin went to the opening of the Olympics, and I thought that he might wait until that's over before he makes an invasion. But you got to remember this. Putin used the Olympics before to distract from the invasion of Crimea. So I think the next two weeks are going to be really critical, and that will tell us what's going to happen. Will Putin invade? We don't know. If he backs down, I can tell you one thing. The Biden administration will claim that they're the ones that caused him to back down and the reason for him not invading. We'll see. Like I said, only time will tell. And I also said that based on what happens, whether Putin goes in or not, if he does go in and invade Ukraine, China's going to be watching. And if he does, I think there's a high potential by the summer of 2022 that China will invade Taiwan. So a lot of interesting things going on and we need to pay attention. I wanna mention some other things too. I like to pass on information every once in a while about things that are out there that need to be called to your attention. And one is a book written by somebody I've quoted on the podcast before about um, tolerance and about the Bible, and that's Vodi Bakum. And he's come out with a new book called Fault Lines. You need to get the book, you need to read it. Fault Lines by Vodi, that's with a V as in victory, O-D-D-I-E, Bauckham, B-A-U-C-H-A-M. A great pastor, one of my favorites, and uh, I know you'll enjoy his book if you get Fault Lines. Then I also want to mention a movie going to be coming out from Dinesh D'Souza. You've heard about him before. He has created a movie called 2,000 Mules, and I want to play for you right now the trailer of that movie.
So D'Souza is taking government film to show you how part of the scam was played out in the 2020 elections by stuffing ballot boxes. So I think this is really interesting. And uh, it's something that you need to see. You need to tell your friends to see. A lot of people say, oh, you're crying and whining over spilt milk. No, folks, there is fraud and corruption and evil going on in America. And I think that he's going to expose a part of it. So that's this spring. It'll be coming out Nanesh D'Souza's 2000 Mules. I wanted to uh, weigh in, Jeff, a little bit on the Russia situation because there's some additional information that came out just late this afternoon, which uh, you may or may not have been aware of. And that is that uh, Vladimir Putin came out and said that he was withdrawing troops from the area. Yeah. And then Biden came out and did a public announcement. He did a you know a little press conference uh, about, I don't know, about three o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, in it, he basically said that, uh, you know, that's what Putin has said, that he's withdrawing the troops, but they, uh, the, it's yet to be confirmed by us internally, the intelligence agencies. And in addition to that, he was uh, saying, or earlier, the, the uh, Biden administration was indicating that they felt that there was going to be an invasion as early as tomorrow, uh, because the, the way things were being prepared, that's what they thought. So... We'll we'll see what happens. I think we've got probably 24, 48 hours, uh, and, and we'll start to see where this goes. But I one of the that's true. Uh, one thing, Cliff, I want to interject that somebody had mentioned before on a newscast is that Biden was going to stage a fake attack by Ukraine using their flags and so forth, justifying his attack on the Ukraine. So I hope this doesn't play into it where he's going to say, well, we're going to withdraw, but oh, no, wait, they attacked us. And so now we're going in. So you're right. Uh, the next 24 hours are going to be really critical. Thanks for bringing that up because I hadn't heard that this afternoon. Yeah, and um, the other thing that was good that happened, um, and you don't often hear any praise from me about the Biden administration, but Joe Biden actually did come out today and say that in the event that they were to invade, then the Nord Stream uh, 2 project, he was going to make sure didn't go forward. Um, wow. I think you know, a, a good threat to uh, to use against the Russians at this point in time. So, as I said, we'll see what happens in the next 24 to 48 hours. I think if, if it's going to happen, that's the window in which it's going to happen. The false flag operation, you know, that's uh, that was perfected by the Nazis. I'm sure that uh, the Russians can do it just as well. Uh, so we'll see how, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, how that plays out. It's an old game played often by fools. Um, but in any event, and which, you know, doesn't, uh, uh, you know, it, it's not a justification, number one, and number two, no one believes it anyway. So, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, uh, right. They're only fooling themselves because we all know if it happens that that's what that's the plan was. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, but then, um, you know, what I wanted to talk about tonight was the fact that the Democrats are going to try to use as a wedge issue the Equal Rights Amendment, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, what that is, et cetera, and why it's not necessarily a good idea in, you know, just how we got to this point. So the Equal Rights Amendment actually was proposed and passed by Congress in 1972, so 50 years ago, believe it or not. 50 years ago, uh, they passed this, and it had to be ratified by three-quarters of the states, and they gave uh, a time period for it to be ratified, which was a, an extensive time period. It was like 17 years, although I don't recall precisely. And 
in that period of time, they fell uh, three states short of having the three quarters majority uh, agreeing to that amendment. Um, and so, you know, from time to time, there's been some discussions about, uh, you know, allowing it to continue to go forward and, and the history between, um, you know, 20, starting 30 years ago, as this is sitting out there unratified, is that uh, four of the states that had uh, had agreed to ratify the amendment wanted to withdraw their ratifications. And within the last few years, three states, the final three states that they needed, um, ratified it. Um, so there's a couple of, you know, kind of legal technical issues um, that exist out there as a result of those kinds of things that occurred. So first of all, you know, Congress had a, a deadline by which it had to have been uh, passed by these uh, three quarters of the state legislatures, and it didn't occur within that period of time. A legal set deadline. A legal deadline. And then uh, when the states, um, you know, even prior to the deadline, tried to retract their uh, approval of this amendment, mm -hmm. um, Congress and a lot of people said, no, 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 you can't do that. Once, once you've approved it, it's approved, and you can't backtrack on that. Um, so it, it's kind of a, a legal quagmire right now because, um, you know, on the one hand, you can't have a deadline and say, uh, oh, we're going to forgive the deadline. Yeah. And yeah. at the same time, force people who have ratified it, who want to change their mind, not to be allowed to change their mind. So uh, what um, party would do that? Yeah. <laughs> so in any event, it, it's kind of a, a strange situation that we find ourselves in. But it's clear that the Democrats in this this uh, go round and of uh, of elections in 2022 are going to try to use this as a wedge issue uh, to to say that uh, you know the Republicans are trying to to discriminate against women because they won't pass this uh, uh, you know they won't allow uh, an extension of the deadline and allow it to be considered to be passed and allow the uh, the National Archivist to accept it as an amendment to the Constitution. So, um, you know, one of the things that you can imagine, though, is that legislation that was drafted 50 years ago being passed today, while that would be unusual in a lot of cases, one of the things to keep in mind is there's a lot of things that have occurred in the interim. Yeah, uh, so absolutely. The legislation that was originally proposed, you know, was intended to be proposed and, and uh, ratified back in 72, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, things have changed. And so some of that language may be problematic today as a result of 50 years of change in the country. So one to let you know, though, what it says. So the Equal Rights Amendment, as it's current, as it was drafted in 1972, uh, reads like this, Section 1, and it's relatively short. It's, uh, you know, one of the kind of shorter amendments that has ever been made to the Constitution. Uh, so the Equal Rights Amendment in 1972 says, Section 1, equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Section 2, the Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. That's the entire uh, amendment. And it's like a blank so, check. So to stop and think about what this said. So if you if you listen to what I said in section one, it says that equal rights cannot be abridged by the United States or any state. So it doesn't really apply to private individuals, private organizations, uh, et cetera. 
uh, it was intended to just say that statutes can't, you know, that are passed by the, the states and uh, or passed by the federal government can't deny equal treatment um, based upon sex. Um, and then the second part of it just basically gives a, uh, you know, the federal government, Congress, the ability to, um, you know, write legislation that would enforce that. Um, now, I would anticipate, you know, in 1972, one of the things that they were just concerned about was that the laws that the federal government and the state of uh, each of the states had uh, wanted to pass would be, would apply equally to both sexes. Um, but and meaning ago. both sexes were a male and a female, because <laughs> remember, it's just like studying the Bible. You have to study who wrote it, when they wrote it, what the culture of the time was, what the language was, what did that language mean during the time. And you're exactly right. 72 was different. And when they were talking, they were talking about a male and a female, right? Absolutely. And in the interim now, we've had all of these transgender issues and you know, all of these other, in fact, we're, we're uh, looking at this in, in light of the, the transgender uh, men, you know, they were biological men now trying to compete in women's sports. And this actually would allow them to do that. Um, wow. This would actually put in place something that says that, well, at least as far as the federal government is concerned and the state governments are concerned, they can't differentiate between the sexes, which means that technically there couldn't be any girls sports and men's sports, they'd have to be one sport and they'd have to be treated equally um, because they're, you would not be able to recognize a difference between the sexes. They have to be treated equally. And as we know from Plessy versus Ferguson, a case from the late 1800s, the Supreme Court has said separate is not equal. Um, so it would create a very bad situation when it comes to a lot of things that have been institutionalized over the last 50 years would suddenly be, you know, turned on their heads as a result of the language that's in there. Now, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't uh, apply things equally. And in fact, in the last 50 years, uh, candidly, um, I think this Equal Rights Amendment has been made obsolete uh, in a lot of respects, because just by legislation that has been passed and just the application of the Civil Rights Act in 1964 and its changes that have taken place. I don't think that um, there exists any uh, ability on the part of uh, private companies as well as the states and the federal government uh, to discriminate against women. I think you, you know, they, they have to be treated equally in, in most respects. Um, but this would not, um, th this would not recognize these biological differences. Um, those biological differences were not a matter of contention in 1972. They are, however, today. Um, yes. And so this language from 72 may not be uh, very effective in, in protecting women's rights. In fact, it may do just the opposite in you know, 2022. So that's, like I said before, it's a landmine that's been laid. And because of the thirst for power and control and votes, the Democrat Party is going to try and push this on a frame. They're going to try and dupe America. I talked about the duping of America last week and believing universally this is good because this was created in the 70s, the women's liberation movement, equality between men and women in all aspects of life is what was being fought for. And so that's why they drafted this amendment. If, if I'm speaking correctly, Cliff, you're, you're the legal counsel here. 
But now they'll try and push it as, well, let's firm that up. But because they want power and control, they'll twist it and they'll use it. And in the end, they'll destroy what women were working for in the 70s and destroy potentially women's sports. They won't say that out front, but they can do that. That means you'd have to do away with Title IX. And what a conflict you would create in the sporting world. It's already happening in states now where states are saying, no, wait, boys and boys sports, girls and girls sports, and we've got to stop this. And this would be a subliminal way to where the radical liberals for control, power, and votes would twist it. Yeah, and it, so, you know, that I already know that they're they're talking in Congress about, you know, passing legislation, equal rights amendment, either this language or something new. And, and you know, so there are people that say, we ought to just push through the old amendment. Um, and then there are people who are saying, listen, you know, it makes more sense today to take a look at this, probably draft something maybe different than what um, they did in 72 and uh, get it through Congress and get it back out in front of the states and allow states to vote on it again, as opposed to trying to, uh, you know, force something from 50 years ago on the population. So we'll see how that one plays out. But I can see the Democrats trying to use this as a wedge issue to try to peel off uh, votes from Republican candidates by saying, well, this person won't vote for the Equal Rights Amendment. So, you know, they're they're anti-women uh, yeah. and and use that in uh, in campaigns against candidates. So this is another wedge issue. It's it's uh, uh, it's BS, but, you know, it's a wedge issue. I see the Democrats attempting to use in the 2022 election and potentially in the 2024 election. It's a landmine, and that's yep. what it is. And if they follow it through, they're going to step on it, and it will blow up on all of us. I said last week, God created us in his image. All of us, man and woman, we are all equal in God's eyes, and they're going to try and contort this and twist this and pervert it is what they're going to do, Cliff. Yeah, so... Um, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about this week was just this uh, Equal Rights Amendment and this push. It's kind of occurring behind the scenes, but is reasonably active in both the House and the Senate currently. So we'll see how it all plays out as well. Um, not going to be as quick as a resolution as the Russia stuff will be, but uh, yeah. but we'll we'll see how this one plays out as well because I. I anticipate you'll hear more and more about it as we get closer and closer to the election this year. Right. And uh, next week, we may be talking about Russia withdrawing or their invasion, uh, which would be quick into the Ukraine. And at the time we're doing this podcast, even after it's put out, it could be obsolete because they, they may withdraw or may invade by the time this really gets saturated out there on the uh, podcast platforms. But it's important for us to realize, folks, there is evil in Washington, D.C., and it's being driven by radical, narcissistic, communist progressives that want socialism in America. They want power and control. And, folks, it's not just Democrats. There are covert Republicans there that are supporting them under the table. And so we really have to think about what we're doing in the upcoming elections. Our country was built as a Judeo-Christian nation. And when it came to a guiding light for America, our founders and framers chose God and his word, the Bible. They desired those precious values and principles to guide our nation. They knew that truth was the only way for moral, virtuous, just, 
and an honest society to exist. They desired a federal government to be an umbrella to guide the freedom of each and every state, not to dictate to the states. They wanted you to experience life, liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness as an individual citizen, but it had to have perimeters. And that started with the absolute truth found in the Bible, which led to our nation's guiding documents. That is why we need true servant leaders who will not have the perverted passion for lust of money, power, and control. We need leaders who know this historical significance to America's foundation as a nation. And that was a Judeo-Christian nation. We need sacrificial leadership who know that only when you give away power that you truly have power and freedom. We need servant leadership who as true Americans know how to represent we the people for this nation, for this republic, for this country to continue to exist, we must return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. The 2022 elections are important and will have an impact on our future as a nation. Please share this podcast with as many Americans as you can. We need to pray, America. Secular humanism and the quest for money, power, and control is claiming the soul of America. Secular humanism is a religion that replaces theism with humanism. It is the self-absorbed religion that defies man and dethrones God. These humanist theists do not accept the belief in the Bible as the divinely inspired word of God. Their belief depends on the supremacy of human reasoning. And that human reasoning is corrupt and it leads to evil and it leads to fraud. And folks, it'll take this country down. Remember the quote I gave from Ronald Reagan last week? If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. We need you to stand with us at the American Constitutionalist, spreading the word of truth as we strive to continue to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty, justice, and freedom for all. For Cliff DeCamp, this is Jeff Tokar, reminding you that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom.